That's the way to start 2022. Come on, somebody. I love that. I love that. Dev, that's so cool. That's so cool. I would have never thought of that. When I'm talking about discontentment, I would have never thought of that. So, man, I hope you guys are excited about this year. If you don't know me by now, you know, well, if you don't know me by now, if you know me by now, you would know that I'm a very optimistic person. And so I'm going into this year, I mean, it can't be worse. <laughs> can't be worse, can it? I don't know, man. I, well, what, did someone say don't say that? There, there ain't no wood on here. No, I, I'm telling you, I'm just, and I hope you are too, and I hope if not by now, by the end of this message that you are, because the Lord really is up to something. And God, our God, still reigns. He's supreme. He's the ruler. He's the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. And if you've read this book, did we do our resolution? We read it, 365. We've just finished. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. If you read the book, you know who wins at the end. You know that Christ Jesus reigns supreme in the end. But Jesus tells us that we should right now, they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. What does he say? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why would he tell us that? If that's not possible. If that's not what we should be longing for. I want to encourage you today to have a holy longing, a yearning. If you think of the word discontentment, and discontentment is gonna, what we're going to talk about today. Um, I even asked the team in the green room, what do you think of? And you think most of the time it's negative, right? When you think, you can say, yeah, most of the time it's negative. So when you think of discontentment, you think, I shouldn't be feeling this way, right? It's like the grass is greener on the other side. Or maybe I'd be happier with somebody else. Or um, if I had a better job, things would be better, right? And it's just this like restlessness. And Paul tells us in Philippians 4, right, that he's learned the secret, even in prison, to be content in every circumstance. Why? How? Because he can do all things, right? Philippians 4.13. All things through Christ. I can go through any storm, any season, any difficulty, because Christ gives me strength. Say amen. amen. Christ has given me strength. But I believe, and this is what I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to talk about necessarily the negative side of discontentment. I actually believe there's a positive side. There's a positive side to this thing called discontentment if we look at it in a healthy or a holy way that God actually wants to use for his glory. My young people, a, a discontentment with how things are in your school. A discontentment with how the world is. That, that I want to see God move. And I want to see God save my friends and my family. I want to see God change and transform people's life. This is a holy discontent and this God wants to work with. And so I want to encourage you today in the discontentment, to leverage it to your advantage. Because oftentimes we step into our purpose through joy and discontentment. 
It's kind of crazy. But to walk with the Spirit, to walk with the Holy Spirit and live in this life, it would be very difficult not, in my opinion. Sorry, I couldn't hear what you said. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dang. Rebuke you, enemy. Siri. It, <laughs> if you're a Christian... It would be hard, in my opinion, to walk without a holy frustration. To see the things that are going on in this world and not feel God calling you. Not feel God beckoning you. Come up here. Let me show you my works. This world is not how I want it to be. And you, my people, I'm calling you to get a little uncomfortable. And honestly, if you feel that way and you feel that conviction, you should be thankful and give God praise. Because he's not done with you. He's not done with us. That we still have a fire in our souls. We still have a conviction to see God move and to see families restored and to see marriages work and to see, see families come together and churches thrive and God's Holy Spirit moving with passion and fire. Don't we still feel this conviction that we want to see this happen on the earth? My prayer is God, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Where every tribe, every tongue, every nation is standing before God with one voice and one heart and one song. And they're not stopping. And they're saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain for us. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And he's in the middle. He's in between too. Amen. Hallelujah. God's calling his people to get just a little uncomfortable today. And this is hopeful. You, you, you heard that music. I want us to stay in that vibe today, but, you know. <laughs> Remember Pastor Tim talked about last week, we want the whole world to come into our Nazareth. So good, right? We want our whole world to come into our Nazareth. Yeah, we want everything to happen within our comfort zone, on our time frame and our convenience. But Jesus left his space in heaven, on the throne, and he came down got a little uncomfortable. Jesus showed us the way. He was interrupted, pressed, pursued, inconvenienced. But listen, he had to go. He had to share because the kingdom of God was near. He needed to share the good news. Craig Groeschel says, for growth and comfort, they cannot coexist. The Holy Spirit sent as the comforter because the world was uncomfortable. And we as a church should Get out of our boat, into the unknown, as pioneers and trailblazers, in the, the trust and not walk by sight, but walk by faith, and to trust in the Lord and to be risk takers. Amen. So help us, Lord. Give us wisdom on how to grow. Give us wisdom on this, how to use this deep passion for change, this holy discontentment, this drive, Lord. For your kingdom and your glory. Amen. <clears throat> so let me ask you, in 2021, <clears throat> did you feel any discontentment? Raise your hand. Well, if, uh, one more time, if you felt discontentment. <laughs> okay. Every hand should be up. 
I, I experienced a lot of discontentment. There was one time um, on New Year's Eve where I felt a lot of discontentment. <laughs> I was playing Mario Kart. And um, these two knuckleheads I was playing against, you know, it's like every man for themselves, right? And I'm not even that good. I'm literally not even that good. And they would just, those shells, they would just hold them till they got right beside me and just threw them at me every time. And I'm not going to mention any names, but they don't have a mic, Hunter and Trey. And <laughs> I mean, it was so annoying. I literally quit playing. I mean, I was, <laughs> I, oh man, I'm a sore loser. Gosh, anyone else is a sore loser? So yeah, I wrestled with a lot of discontentment all the way up to 2022. It's going to be a year of contentment. <laughs> no, but you might be like me and get easily messed up, <laughs> easily off, easily discontented. You know, one of the uh, things about unhealthy discontentment, um, you know, I struggled with that when I was uh, trying to play football. And uh, so like that unhealthy discontentment, and I, I got to a place where, like, you ever been there where you're so discontented where it's like you just have no peace, no joy, no fulfillment? And this is not the place God wants you to be. I just want to share that again. God doesn't want you to feel that way. By the power of Christ, you have the ability in all situations, but sometimes in that unhealthy discontentment, God's wanting to show you something that you need to move. You need to change directions. You need to shift your focus. And I had no peace until I shifted my focus. I remember sitting, and I've shared this story before, but someone might need to hear it. Like, I remember sitting on my parents' floor. This is before I had my own house. And just being like, I, I just can't do it. Just crying because I'm an emotional person, but I just can't do it. And uh, one of my parents, I think it might have been my mom, was like, I don't know the answer for your life. I don't know what God's calling you to do. But one thing I know is he doesn't want you to feel this way. So whatever you need to do. I was like, I got to give it up. And there might be some things you're holding on to that, that you see in your future, or you see you have this imaginary plan ahead, and we're going to talk about vision in a good way, but there's some things that God might just be saying to you right now, this is for somebody, you need to give it up. And you need to move on, or you need to shift your perspective, and you need to listen to me, follow me. Anyways, if you've experienced discontentment in 2021, I want you to shift. And I want you to be content in that aspect. But in the holy longing of discontentment, in the right way, in the purest form with Christ at your center, I want us to ask the Lord what he wants us to do with this. This is a message about the drive, the power, or the purpose of discontentment. Using holy discontentment to fulfill what God wants to do on the earth. Let's pray as we move forward. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, I thank you that you can speak to us right now. I thank you that you are speaking to us, Lord. I pray that we would be able to clear our minds of everything that we've came in with. God, what we've brought with us from 2021, I pray that we would be restored in our mind and refreshed and renewed because your mercies are new every morning. It's like a new morning. And the, the dawn is rising. I can see the sun on the horizon for your life. 
And I pray that you would be encouraged today, that you would listen to the signs and the signals and you would move ahead. This is for somebody, that you would move ahead, that you would keep pressing forward, you would keep waking up in the morning, that you would keep seeking the Lord and keep putting one foot in front of the other, even though it feels like it's hard, even though the enemy's attacking you on every side, son, even though, oh gosh, it feels like the whole world is going against you. You stand up strong, mighty warrior. You stand up bold and don't be ashamed and don't be afraid. Even though the enemy tells you you shouldn't be optimistic, that you shouldn't have a hope, that you shouldn't have a future because of the things you've done. Oh, it's by his grace, child. Oh, it's by his grace. So stand on his grace. Christ, the solid rock, you'll stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Jesus, speak to us in your name. Amen. 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 If that was for somebody, feel free to share that with me. I'd like to know. Mm. Who completed their resolutions in 2021? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. There's some hands. I did. Uh, it's been kind of a, a four-year journey of adding, adding one resolution each year. Um, and, and I'm a goal setter. I like to set goals and have measurables. And I encourage you to do that, man. I, I think God has so much in store for his people. And sometimes we just wander aimlessly and expect things to happen. When God's saying, hey, I want you to be intentional with what you have. And I want you to set a goal. What is your goal? What is your future? I, 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 I want to be the most content, discontented person. <laughs> that my soul would rest in Christ, but I would have a motivation to live, to serve, and to love, and to work. To co-labor with Christ. Don't you? So, of course, I don't want to wander aimlessly. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.24, to run your race as if to win the prize. And you know, the best runners, they don't run by comparison. They run in their lane and they run their race. And that's what you're called to do is run your race and not compare it to mine. But I want to encourage you. Paul says in verse 26, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. If you're taking notes, that's notes, that's 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 26. So this year, setting goals. Oh, you're gonna hate me. Maybe, maybe you're setting goals and you're you're good. Then you don't have you can kind of check out for a little while. But I want to encourage the church to, to set goals, to set re resolutions for this year. And you say, some of us have our goals, some of us are set, but others were just like. The person that Paul talks about, we're just running aimlessly. And at times I feel like that too. I'm just wandering and whatever I bump into next is what I'm going to do. Whatever goes, and I'm not being pro proactive with my life. It's just whatever comes, I'm going to be reactive. But I want you to be proactive this year. So I asked this question. I want to try to help you out today. Where do we begin? Where do we begin? I'll ask this question. Number one, everyone say this. What's in your hands. Can you say it with me? What's in your hands? Okay. I am a big dreamer, 
I have a big vision, and I'm always I'm thinking out ahead a lot. And I know that when I started being married and stuff, I had to kind of like be present, you know? <laughs> I'm like a lot better, I think, Chantel. Am I better at being present? I don't know. But, but like to be down to earth, you know? Like so I can always think big and always think grand and this, just this vast perspective and everything. But like and not know where to like take the first step. And so I think something that, that's helped me in this life is like, okay, where do you start? Where's step one? Right? Like being an objective, not being subjective, like all up in the air and it's just hypothetical and I'm just floating on the clouds. No objective, like what's step one? And so you ask the question, well, what's in your hands? What has God given you to steward? Your wife, your husband, your, your kids, your family, your job, your church, the ministry, the group. G- guys, what, what's in your hands? What are you called to steward? What has God given you that, that when you stand before him at the end of this life, he's going to say, okay, so what did you do with these things that I've given to you? Money, finances, to support people, what, what, whatever it might be. What are you stewarding now? And how would you like for it to change and be impacted and transformed? What resources, what people, I think of the pastor that we have, Pastor Tim, like what resources are in your hands that, that have not been taken advantage of? Maybe this year you say, okay, I'm going to start out and have this goal of like, okay, what's in my hands? And then what are the people in my life? What are the mentors that I could have in my job or my work? And then I'm going to take a step in that direction. What's in your hands? And that should encourage you, especially people like me that have a vision and, and a dream like I'll encourage you just to be like, okay, I'll, be, I'll take the first step in the season. The next thing is this. This might be surprising to you. Where are you most critical? Where are you most critical? What do I mean by that? You know, if we're honest, some of us can just be critical about everything. And the enemy can cause us to be critical about a lot of stuff. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you have the right spirit and Christ is the center, and you have this like spirit of indifference, like St. Augustine says, that you have this ability to get to this place where you say, God, either way, let your will be done. And you're in this moment of like, I desire deep change in this area. That I can see this in, in this person, or I can see this happening in a church or something, and I want to be the change. This is, so, this is so powerful because we don't realize it, that when we're critical about something with the right and healthy spirit, that could be a sign that that's something you're supposed to do. If you have this feeling about prayer or have this feeling about the outcast or the poor, maybe that's the Holy Spirit saying to you, this is something I'm doing in your life that I want you to take a step in. So what's in your hands? Moving forward with our goals and our wrestling. What's in our hands? And what are we called to steward? What resources do we have? And then where are we most critical? I mean, see, there's some things that I, that I do and I've found what I love to do is because I feel like I, I want it to change. I want things to happen. I want it done a certain way. Anybody else want something that, that you're doing something in your life because you want it done a certain way? I think it's God saying you got a gift. God's saying you have sight that somebody else doesn't have. And that's on purpose. If the church came together as the body, right? 
with many members and different functions, and we all had that? Where, where do I desire a deep change? This is maybe my path for God to use me. That's pretty awesome. Now, these areas are great areas of discussion for personal use and personal action. Steps in the right direction. I want to encourage you. Hopefully you have a paper and you're just writing down, like, what's, it, what's in my hands? And you can take this this week when, and set maybe some goals, some resolutions. Um, and then where am I most critical? Where do I want to see change? But these steps are, are for ourselves, right? Introspection. But ultimately, what I believe is they will not solve the deeper issues at hand. They will help guide us through life and help us navigate through the path ahead. But they will not feel, fill the void inside of our souls. This void of discontentment. Jesus says, let's open our Bibles to Matthew 5. And this is where I want to move forward into kind of the, the main purpose, the main meat of this message is that we can have all of these kind of surface level goals and measurables and everything, which are great, but we can miss the, the deeper meaning behind what we are doing and what we are pursuing if we don't see this clearly, Matthew 5. Matthew 5 is an awesome book of the Bible. Um, I have an awesome chapter, I mean. Um, it's the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus and he brings his upside-down kingdom. He brings, if you have heard it said, but I say, you have heard it said, but I said. And, and you should read the beginning of Matthew 5 because it's really cool and it might encourage your heart. I'm actually going to open, open up to it in my Bible. Um, actually, just you know, starting the Bible again, 365. Uh, and I just read it. I thought it was really awesome. So in the context of discontentment and contentment, I want us to think about this verse. So it's Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. And if you want to read 3 through 6, you can, because it's pretty cool, but in the context of discontentment. But he says this, Blessed are those who... Everyone say that word. And everyone say this word. For righteousness, for they will be filled... Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. But God, you want me to be content, right? But God, you want me to be satisfied. The Lord is saying, for the way to be content is to hunger and thirst. The way to be content is to be discontented. <laughs> These words, hunger, hunger is penao, which means to literally suffer want, to be needy, to literally crave righteousness. And now we know that righteousness was revealed by Jesus. In Matthew 6, it says, seek first his righteousness. In other words, it's seek first Jesus and, and who he is and everything about him. And Jesus is telling us, blessed are all those who actually suffer this desire that they, they crave and they hunger more of the Lord. 
to suffer one. And then the, the other is, uh, thirst is this word. It's uh, dis, dipsaho. And it, and it literally is like wandering in the desert with no water. To suffer thirst. To suffer thirst. Have you ever heard, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul, it thirsts for you. Those who are said to thirst, who painfully feel a want of. And eagerly long for those things by which the soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened. Where are my people, the remnant of God, that hunger and thirst for righteousness, Connor? That hunger and thirst for Jesus more than anything else. I mean, I talk about goals. I talk about measurables, man. But Jesus is the only thing that will fulfill the desires of your heart. And Jesus would like us to believe on this day, January 2nd, 2022, that the way for you to be filled and the way for you to be blessed is to suffer a desire, a need, a desperate want for me. And that's the way you'll be filled. And that's the way you'll be content. And that's the way you'll be able to see life clearly. That you'll be able to see the steps to take ahead. You'll be able to see what's in your hands and what to do next. You'll be able to see correctly. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. And I thought about Psalms 23, where where he talks about, and I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want for anything else but Jesus. <laughs> I shall not want, he says. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The shepherd walks with me, leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I shall not want for anything else but Jesus. I feel like the church sometimes, and I'm not trying to be critical, but we've gotten so cute and we've gotten so pretty and it's all good. But where's the hunger? Like, like because the hunger shows where you'll be satisfied. The thirst for righteousness and for Jesus. Like, I don't care what I look like. I don't care how I'm presented. God, all I care about is representing you well. All I care about is you getting glory on the earth, God. Oh, that's everything in me. And I want to hunger and I want to lead a remnant of people because these are the people that are going to change the world. Not, not just having everything perfect and everything. No, no, no. It's those who hunger and thirst for Jesus. They will be satisfied and they will be beautiful feet on the earth and they will change people. They will change situations. They will, they will do the work of the kingdom of God. Call us up and call us out. A group of people, and this is where we begin, we begin with a holy discontentment. And, and I'm speaking to, this is kind of where, like when I was thinking about this and stuff, and I've read some about holy discontentment, but like when I was a kid, when I was 14 and God was calling me, I felt like into ministry, into worship specifically. Like I felt a deep longing, a holy discontent was where I started. Like... Like, guys, let's just get together and worship. Like, I don't, I don't have a program. I don't have an order of anything. Like, we just need to find out what Jesus wants to do, right? Like, just get together. 
And a lot of your purpose will come from this unsettling in a healthy way. When Jesus is first, he, he can do something in your life. And he's like, I, God, I see the way things are, and I don't want it to be that way. And he calls us in a different direction, and he provokes us to action. And these are a few areas of holy discontent that I believe should provoke us to action that maybe God is using. And number one is this, not in position. Not in position. So first I want to talk about not being in position, meaning if you're not saved, right? So if you're not saved, the Holy Spirit can come and convict you and say, I need to be right with God, right? So maybe you're in an area right now and praise be to God that you feel this way because God is drawing you. No man can come to the Father unless the Father draws them. So if God is convicting your heart and you feel like you're not in the right position with God, listen to the voice. Do not harden your heart. If you're not in the position to be blessed by the Lord, and this is not about works. This is about receiving a salvation, a gift, the blood of the Lamb, what Jesus has done for you, the only one worthy to to stand before God in judgment. He came and lived the perfect life that you couldn't live, spread his arms wide, and was tortured and crushed on a cross for you and for me so that we could receive life and have it more abundantly. Man, get in position today. Get in position and watch what God does. So if you're not saved, God can allow a holy, healthy discontentment until you move in the right position to be a son and daughter of the king. And it's beautiful that way. Because, and, then, and then he gives the Holy Spirit, imparts the Holy Spirit so that you can live, Galatians 5.22, so that you can live with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and you can have this relationship with what we sang about the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He's Abba, Father. So not saved is one end of not being in position, but the other end is having rhythms and disciplines or the character lined up with your purpose and calling. As we've mentioned before, how the prophet John the Baptist was, He was a voice preparing the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. In our life, are we in position to make straight paths for the Lord to speak to us? Four years ago when I decided that I was going to read the Bible through in a year, that this was going to be just the foundation, it was going to be the baseline, was that I was just going to read his word and just eat it up. Um... When he did that, the reason was, was because I was wanting to make it easy for the Lord to speak to me. That when I woke up in the morning, when I, and and you can do what you want, but I'm just going to share this because I got the mic, okay? (laughs) When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to make it easy for the Lord to speak to me. I'm going to make a straight path for him. And I'm going to be in position for God to speak. No matter how tired I am, no matter how, how like, not comprehensive, whatever, what's your, your reader comprehension skill, whatever it might be, I'm going to be in position for God to speak to me, and I'm going to make it easy for him. He's not going to have to catch me at work. 
I mean, I would like him to, but I'm not going to be so distracted with my life and my purposes and my plans where God has to interrupt me. He can, but man, I want to make it easy for him. I'm preparing the way, Jesus. Every single morning I wake up, I listen to your voice, and I want to know what you have in store for my life. That's, that's my challenge. Maybe, maybe that can be for you too. Number two is this. This is an area of discontent that could provoke us to action. What you see isn't lining up with what you see. What you see, so men of faith, men of vision, men of purpose can be very frustrated in life today. Anyone with me? When you can see a future, when you can see a thriving church, when you can see relationships that are, that are thriving, when you can see people getting saved and set free and encountering the Holy Spirit and manifesting the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because it's not doesn't necessarily even mean gifts. It's just the things the Spirit does. When you can see that and it's not happening, you can have a deep, holy discontent and be very frustrated. Anybody been there? And this can provoke us to action. It's saying God's not done. If you're part of the remnant, this is what what this means. Anybody can be a part of it that's God's kingdom. Is where God has set aside a group of people that he says, these people have not bowed a knee to Baal. These people have not bowed to society. They have not bowed to the enemy. These people I've set aside for my purposes and my plan. Don't be ashamed. I have a remnant. And there are remnants in this room. Somebody say amen. So this can be a struggle for us. And it could easily allow us to go from a holy discontent to an unhealthy discontent. I've seen it. In 2021, did you see it? Where people, can can I just say this? People had a holy discontent. A holy, it started out a holy discontent that the church wasn't meeting. Anybody? You go, the holy discontent is I know this should be this way. He, he, the scripture tells us not to give up meeting together all the more as we see the day approaching. What happened to a lot of people was it went from a holy discontent to an unhealthy discontent and they started to blame. Instead of taking responsibility for their own life, blamed a pastor, blamed an organization, blamed a church, and went somewhere else. Instead of the holy discontent saying, you know what, just because an organization isn't meeting, I can still meet with my friends. I can still mentor. We can still worship. We can still gather. We can still seek the Lord. We can still open up the word. And I'm not going to blame anybody, but I'm going to continue to do what the conviction of my heart says to do. That's the holy discontent. So it doesn't matter what other people are doing. Doesn't matter what they say you can or cannot do. Doesn't matter if the government comes tomorrow and says we got to close our doors. It doesn't. (laughs) What's going to stop us? This is my holy discontent. I have a deep dissatisfaction for something. I see a future, but I, I'm not going to blame anybody. I'm going to go introspective. I'm going to think here, what can I still do? Nikki Gumbo says this, vision is a holy discontent. 
a deep dissatisfaction with what is, combined with a clear grasp of what could be, a mental sight of the future that inspires hope. And I pray that you get restored in your vision today, in your sight. Nelson Mandela says, vision without action is just a dream. Action without vision just passed the time. I've heard someone else say, action without vision is a nightmare. (laughs) And vision with action can change the world. Imagine the people by the power of the Spirit that have vision, and they say, what's in my hands? And they take action. We could change the world. I mean, is there anybody that still believes that? You could change the world? God, the creator of everything, can do immeasurably more than all you can ask and imagine, deep within inside of you, working inside of you. It only takes one, one flame, one light to catch, to burn, to blaze, and to set off a wildfire that's contagious. And it can start with just one, with a holy discontent. And then number three, area of holy discontent, which could provoke us to action, is that we're not home yet. Not home yet, man. There will be a day. No more crying. No more pain. No more suffering. No more death. There will be a day when we see our family members again. There will be a day when we see Jesus face to face and everything makes sense. All the mysteries, all the doubts, all the frustration, we get our answers. There will be a day where he makes everything right. Come on, somebody say amen. He makes everything right. We get to see the one seated on the throne whose eyes blaze with fire of love for us. Even when we doubt and are discouraged and frustrated and afraid, his eyes burn with love for us. And this holy discontentment that you're not there yet can drive you to live with an eternal perspective. To drive you to know that your life is just a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. To not take for granted, but to be present in the moment. And every Sunday that you come to church, you can cherish the moments that you have with people. And you can use your gifts, and you can use your talents, and you can serve the people at the coffee bar. You can serve the kids at Shine Kids, because you know that life is short. And you want to encourage people's hearts to never give up. Never give up. To have hope. And never give up. C.S. Lewis says, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. I'm not trying to solve all your discontent. I'm just trying to maybe redirect it and spin it in a way that you can take steps forward and God can use it for His glory on the earth. God can use it to do amazing things in your life and in your church and your family and your marriage. 
God can use it. Like in your, in your marriage, if you're discontent, like, see, see discontent can, it can be like a seed or, or like a, a, a plant or something. Like, it can go one of two ways, and you have a choice which way to take it. Like, we're going to have a marriage, like, workshop, right? right? So, like, you have a choice with how you feel about your marriage. Like, it's to go this way and blame Go this way, say there's no hope. But with God, there's there's hopeless situation. There's no such thing. So you have a choice with this discontentment. It's like to go here or to say, no, 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 no. Like I made a choice to be with this person forever. Agape love is not about emotion. Agape love comes from the Father and it's a choice. Jesus' love for us is unconditional. It's a choice. I choose right now to love Chantel forever. But emotionally, I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow, but it doesn't matter, right? So this discontent I can use because, okay, we need to work on our communication. We need to work on this or do this, okay? So I'm going to take this direction. This holy discontent is going to cause me, lead me into purpose. It's going to lead me into action. See, God can use that for his glory and ultimately for our benefit. But we have a choice what to do. Does that make sense? Jackie Pollinger, as I'm, as I'm finishing, she wrote a book on, it's called Chasing the Dragon in 1980s. She's a missionary in Hong Kong. Um, why don't the band, why don't you guys come up? Jackie Pollinger has spent her whole life working with the poor and destitute, triad gang members, heroin and opium addicts. She has helped thousands to come off drugs through the power of the Holy Spirit. She has seen transformation in numerous lives and has made a huge impact in the city of Hong Kong. Jackie wrote, I have spent over half my life in a dark, foul-smelling place because I had a vision of another city ablaze with light. It was my dream. And you can go through any storm if you have vision. You can go through any trial, any tribulation, any storm, if you have vision, if you have perspective. You ask the Lord, for his ways are not yours. His thoughts, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, and so are my thoughts higher than yours. I am other, I am holy, I don't think like you. Would you trust me? Would you come alongside? So I ask this question in view of your holy discontentment. When we talk about the future and vision, the future of you, yeah, but the future of God's church, what do you see? This lady, Jackie, spent over half her life in a dark, foul-smelling place because she had vision of another city ablaze with light. Are you going to persevere and endure? Are you going to give up? By his grace, I'm believing that you will not give up. What do you see? The future, yeah. I believe the future is bright for this church. As Christ in the center, I want people to gather patterns together and set their life on a course. To be trailblazers, to be pioneers, to change the world. I believe it. Coming out of this church, God's speaking to people. 
even now. What do you see as you think about the future of God's church? I see generations. I see young children that stand boldly with fire and passion for the King of all kings. That they stand like Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those kids who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I pray for my kids and your kids. I pray for the future of this church. It's now. Pray for these kids on stage and these kids in the room. Pray for the young and the old. God said the Spirit will turn the hearts of the fathers to the kids and the hearts of the kids to the parents. It will be generational and we'll come together and stand united. And when we stand united, the anointing flows. The Spirit of God flows and transforms and changes people. Jesus' name. Let us be the remnant that you're calling, Lord. Like you did in Nazi Germany with Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the pastor and theologian. Disillusioned with the German church supporting the Nazi regime, the theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer started a small countercultural community in Finkenwald as part of the confessing church with the purpose to become salt and light again. His friends were a little bit skeptical and thought he was too radical. Don't they all think I'm too radical? No. (laughs) When they visited him, he took them up a hill nearby where they could see Nazi training camp in the distance. He told them that the good they're trying to achieve at Finkenwald must be stronger than the evil happening with the Nazis. He says, this must be stronger than that. Let's stand. This must be stronger than that. Is the enemy raising up an army? Possibly. But is God raising up an army? Is God raising up a group of people that will not be disillusioned, that will not be discouraged, that will not give up, but they'll be risk takers, that they'll stand on the power of the Spirit like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, even if he doesn't, we will not bow a knee. We will not budge. We will not move. We will listen to Yahweh, our Savior, our Master, and he will save us. He will deliver us. He will deliver you. Andrew Murray says, the only safety is advancement. I want us to have a moment in this last song. Um, If you don't have notes, that's fine. I just really feel like writing is, is a way to go and encouragement. Maybe you don't write and that's fine. Maybe you want to come to an altar or something, but I really, I, I sensed a, a response that was a, uh, a meditation, a Selah moment, a moment in the presence of the Lord where God speaks to you and God directs you on the next steps. Like we talked about all this stuff and all this vision and all this great holy discontentment. You know, we see a brighter day and a brighter future, but I want us to kind of return to the idea of what's in your hands. Don't overthink it. It's easy to do. It's easy to have this big mindset and everything, but it just starts with what's in your hands. What are you called to steward? 
What are you called to hold tight? What are, you, what are you called to hold close to? What are the resources you have? And God, direct me now. Direct me on the next steps. Help me to trust you. You're my center. You're my healthy point. You're my resting place. I'm content in you. But now, moving forward, Lord, I want to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, how do I take a step in the right direction? Just, just one step. Just one step. Help us, Lord. Show us. So I want to encourage you, if you want to, if you want to write this down, whatever God says to you, just maybe start writing. Maybe come to an altar and write. Maybe you need to spread out in the room. Whatever you need to do, there's, there's freedom here. This is the moment. This is what we've all worked towards. This is, we did, our, we did worship. We did worship in the offering. We did a message, a, a teaching. But this is the moment for you where God speaks to you and God directs your life. This is, this is the most important part right here, where God speaks to you and he says, son, this is where I want you to go. Son, I want you to leave differently. Son, I want you to take this course of action. I want your head to shift in this direction. I want you to pursue this. God's speaking to people that. I want you to pursue this. You're doing this and you're, you're walking this way and you think this is comfortable for your life. You're doing this, but I want you to shift and I want you to do this. And listen to him. Listen to him. I'm serious. I don't know if you'll hear this again. I don't know if you'll hear this again from the Holy Spirit. Shift and go in that direction. Maybe you're the one, buddy. Maybe you're the one that has the flame. Maybe you're the one that's going to set the course. There's no one here, but it's, I'm speaking to somebody. Maybe you're the one. And you come to an altar. You, you bow your face before the Lord and say, let me be the one. If no one else is asking God, if no one else is seeking, if no one else is praying, let me be the one, Lord. Do it in me. Whatever God's saying to you, you have freedom. No one looking around, this is between you and God. You have freedom to respond. Let all I have, let all I am, let it be a sweet, sweet aroma to you. Have your way in these moments now. Let's, let's agree together, we pray, we intercede. Maybe it wasn't for you, but I, but I believe that if it wasn't for you, that you would be an intercessory prayer warrior, that you would pray for others that are going through these moments of yearning, of longing, of holy discontent, and that God would give them great direction and great peace in their next steps. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, would you say amen? Amen.